Oh, oh yeah. What's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBB DFS. And that sound means it's the weekend, right? That's right. Was that a, just a nice cold like Mr. Pibb or what What you got there? That is uh, a slightly mighty uh, from Dogfish Head. A nice locale uh, IPA uh, that I know James is drinking as well right now. That's right. That's right. Drinking one, too, and they're delicious. They're very delicious for for us uh, who are, might be getting on the older side or might need to yeah. watch their carb intake. It's a it's a nice alternative, but still getting some some of that IPA heat, as they yeah. say. And thanks to them for sponsoring our. No, <laughs> I was just thinking. <laughs> that. I was just thinking. Hey, dogfish head, check is in the mail. I hope so. <laughs> what about Bert? You, Bertie, what do you got going on? Well, I've got a Sam's Club bottled water. Ooh, okay. uh, which is, is pretty exciting, but I do have a, uh, I have a fridge full of Corona premieres. So again, the, the you know, low carb, uh, low calorie, we're, still gotta, you know, we're getting old. Well, we're yeah. health, we're health nuts too. Yeah. Health Jeez. nuts for sure. Yeah. We're, we're getting into March madness shape because it's four weeks away. I mean, a lot of people get into spring break shape. We're getting into March madness shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really do. We got to get the livers warmed up a little bit. Yeah. Gotta, but at the same time, keep our figures. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to look dreamy while you watch the games. Well, of course. You never know who's watching the games with you, which other one of your buddies is going to be there. <laughs> right. Well, before we go completely off the rails, want to say hello to all the Bucketheads and thank you for listening. Uh, this, is, this is your boys, Bird, James, and Joe from at CBBDFS. We got ourselves a little Saturday slate here as the sun comes out and the snow continues to melt. Uh, this is a 20K pull-up jumper. Uh, this has got a $15 entry fee with a $5 first place prize. I looked back at last Saturday's uh, winnings, and it, I want to say 227 was the cash line, and 290 is what won it. Bird, what do you think it's going to take this time to take it down? I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar. I think it's going to be another high scoring. I think there's there's quite a few of those kind of low 5K, uh, probably one low 4K play. Uh, that's going to allow a lot of people to spend up. Uh, and, and have probably a pretty good couple kind of elite players in their lineup. So I think it'll be another high-scoring uh, Saturday, especially with 10 games. Yeah, 10 games, no cancellations, knock on wood right now. Um, James, is there any game without uh, spoiling any of the content of the game, any game that stands out to you as from a fan standpoint? Well, yeah, I mean, I think... Well, I mean, uh, outside Illinois, outside Illinois. <laughs> outside Illinois, for sure. Uh, I think that UConn-Villanova game is pretty interesting. That line's 7.5 right now for Nova. You know, UConn's been playing really well lately. So that one and the West Virginia-Texas one, I think, is going to be one that people are going to be pretty interested in. Big 12 matchup, pretty tight line there. Hey, Bert, are there any uh, – we talked about the main slate that has the 5K going to first. Obviously, they'll have the the single entries, which are always fun to get in for a lot less entry fee. But are there any qualifiers that you're looking at, or have you looked that far ahead? Yeah, the Bracket Mania, they've got a $25 entry into the Bracket Mania. So that's a fun one. And another fun one that uh, you guys could keep an eye out for, There's they have some satellite that's out there. It's a $4 entry, 44 entrance, and they give out 10 tickets to a March 19th uh, tourney tip-off seat oh, nice. or, or qualifier. So looks like that first Saturday of the, or the first Friday of the tournament is going to be a $15 tournament. And for $4, you can go in and try to win a, a seat for that this weekend as well. So that's kind of a fun one to rack up some tickets uh, as we get close to March. Like you said, only four weeks away till March Madness. Yeah, I know. Four weeks. God, it's so I, I wrote up Gonzaga this week and I saw that they had only after this game one regular season game left. It's crazy. Wow. Well, yeah. And they might not play in the in their tournament either. So, right. They, they, and they that's might be rested. That's something that which could be a bad thing, too. But that's something we're definitely going to have to want monitors how these conferences handle the conference tournaments. I think the big ones are probably safe to say they're going to be full go. But when you talk about those mid majors, it could get interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting. We'll see. Hopefully they hopefully these conferences don't go overboard with like these weird decisions. And mm-hmm. and I think let's, you know, it's let's a transition jump right in, there. Yeah, let's jump into the slate and and not go overboard uh on this first set of games that we have in here. And so I think the first one we have listed is Kentucky at Tennessee and, and Joe SEC is your baby. Uh this has an over under of 132 with Tennessee as an 8 point favorite. So again, that don't go overboard section where we don't want to have too much exposure to. You could dip your toe in the water. Um, but really don't want to go overboard there. So, Joe, do you want to hit on the Kentucky-Tennessee game? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, not 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 really. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> obviously, uh, Kentucky's five and thirteen. I think right now it's 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 not the it's not the same uh, Kentucky that we're used to. And Tennessee is still an elite defense, but they're uh, kind of up and down. I will say, just looking at this game, I can't I can't really recommend anyone at Kentucky. They're priced a little too high. Boston's been good. He's in good form. Um, and Brooks is probably okay in cash since his prices come down. But on the UK side of things, nothing feels good against this Tennessee defense, especially at Tennessee. For Tennessee, Springer's way too much. Um, Josiah Jordan James is still dealing with a wrist injury, so it's it's hard to hard to see what his status is going to be. Now he missed last game, and for those of you who read us. Uh, I'll self-pat myself on the back. I wrote up uh, Victor Bailey as being a nice $3,800 option. All he did is have 45 DK at that price. So um, he's priced up now uh, this time around, uh, but it's only to like 4,500. I think I don't have it in front of me. Do you either guys got the pricing up? Yeah, Bailey's 4,600. 4,600, yeah. Yeah, so Victor Bailey's up to 4,600, and he's someone, I don't think he's going to have 45 DK again, but he's someone I think is pretty safe for cash with some GPP upside, especially if Josiah Jordan's James misses. But for the most part, I, I'm probably staying off this game. Uh, Pons at 5,200 should be safe. Uh, Vescovi uh, and the freshman, uh, Johnson and Springer, I, I'm just not going to gamble in that regard. Any additional thoughts or anything you guys saw differently on that game? Yeah, the, the Keons, Keon Brooks, 42 DK last time uh, versus Tennessee. So he, he was the big standout performer there, as you mentioned, Joe. Uh, then Keon Johnson uh, had 8X actually versus uh, UK with a similar uh, output. So I, you never know if you know guys like that are going to be able to repeat or not, but you know, just something to be aware of. Well, so would you say it's something to key on? Uh oh. <laughs> hey, early, oh, early heat. Uh, key on. Uh, no, they're just hard to trust. You know, you look at the the output as a whole. Uh, obviously, a lot of talented players with these two programs. But you know, as far as picking your poison with a total of 132, I'm not going to invest too heavy. Let's just move on to the next one, if that's all right with you guys. And let's talk about another one I'm not in love with, and that's Michigan State, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> yeah, we we won't spend a lot of time here. Um, Michigan State and uh, Joe. I know you'd mentioned this earlier in the week. They're a mess right now uh, in terms of just roster construction lineup. Uh, Izzo's kind of been tinkering with this lineup all season. He's never really found anything. It's February. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's still happening. I mean, you can go through and look at the minute logs, and uh, you don't know which way is up from a DFS standpoint. And so the easiest thing here to do would be to really just sort of avoid everyone. Uh, Henry's probably priced a little too high at 8000 uh, against an Indiana perimeter D that's been pretty solid. Hauser might be somebody I would look at. He's somebody that can kind of put put it together a little bit, get some shots up. He can grab some boards. Um, so maybe at 5,600, you look at him. Yeah. And really beyond that, the only other person, this is a really like an inside track play. Indiana is, they shoot the most free throws in the league. And Michigan State fouls more than any other team. I think that probably bodes well for... Uh, Trace Jackson Davis on the Indiana side, uh, Race Thompson. I think those two players on the Indiana side are probably the only two you'd really consider. Uh, Franklin's going to have Henry on him, um, so I'm not real crazy about him. The only other thing really to mention in this game, I think, is uh, Parker Stewart. Came in from Tennessee Martin, transferred in this year. His dad actually was coached there, passed away. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Uh, He started his career out of Pitt. Um, really talented player. He's kind of jumped up. You could probably notice him at 6,800 there. He's got the questionable tag still. Um, Archie Miller is, is absolutely raved about him, um, in practice. And so he looks terrific. Um, not really sure if he's going to play or suit up. So keep an eye on that. It's a little bit interesting here. It feels like maybe DraftKings might know something, but, um, keep an eye on that to see if he plays. That might be somebody you could throw in, but already 6,800. So, <laughs> yeah, for a debut, yeah. maybe I'm going to sit that one out. But yeah. you're giving a lot of credit. The DraftKings know something too. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's slow down there a little bit. All right. So that Tennessee was an eight-point favorite. Indiana here is a seven-point favorite. Now the last one in our don't go overboard section is a little tighter, and that's a really good game, really good basketball game between Texas Tech and Kansas. This is at Allen Fieldhouse, and I Ken Palm had KU. A one-point favorite. Bird, as a Kansas fan first, do you like the Jayhawks? I don't know what to think. So they won in Lubbock, you know, 58-57. Uh, 
but gosh, this, this, there's a lot of holes in the team right now. They, they still, I don't think they have a great identity. They don't get any transition baskets, uh, which is, which is hard to believe. That's something that, you know, transition baskets and, and easy dunks inside were kind of a, a staple of Bill Self forever. And they just, they just don't have that this year. So it's just a weird team. I think they're fine. You know, it's, it's not like the world's falling down or anything like some people think with the Blue Bloods, but. They're a tourney team. They can win a game or two. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if, if they if they win a couple games here towards the end of the year, they're going to be a four or five seed still. So yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, if if that's like a horrible season, then God, life's pretty good as a Kansas fan. Right? <laughs> no, that's for sure. So uh, as far as this game from a DFS standpoint, one thing that jumped out at to me when taking a look a look here is McClung seems to be priced down a little bit, and he's had all he's done is have thirty DK and like six of seven. So do you know anything about why he's priced down, or any guess? That was the first thing that stood out to me too. I think he's going to be probably a really popular play at 6,800 as the third highest priced Red Raider. Uh, he had 21 real points against Kansas in their first matchup. Uh, like you said, he's in great form, uh, really pretty significant discount in price. So yeah, I, I think he's very, very viable. He is, you know, he's super scoring dependent. Um, right. He doesn't do a whole lot of other things, but he puts the ball in the basket and, and Kansas isn't a world beater on defense this year either. So he's yeah. Got better- I, He's got better road splits, too, uh, taking a look at that, too, which is ironic. I wouldn't have thought that. Well, for how much heat he got, you know, when he came from Georgetown, everybody's like, oh, McClung, this, you know, how's he going to fit in, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's All the heart me. and soul of that team. Yeah, for sure. He's been unbelievable. So I, I think he'll be I think he'll be pretty popular, um, even though that game is only an over-under of 133. Um, so, again, don't go overboard on that. So he's priced below Kevin McCuller and Kyler Edwards. Um, so those guys would be maybe more contrarian options in a tournament. Um, I think McCuller does have a, a little bit more ability to impact the game in a variety of ways. He can score, he can rebound, he gets assists, steals. Um, so I probably like him a little bit more than Edwards. And then I love Terrence Shannon at 5,200. So he had 20 points and nine rebounds against Kansas in their first matchup. He's got the second highest shot share on that team at 25%. At 5,200, I feel like that's just an excellent price uh, for, a, for a very good player in Terrence Shannon. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, Shannon was the one that really jumped off the page to me, so I, I think that'd be a great target. What What about the Kansas side of this? Are, I mean, we all know that they're kind of a mystery at times. What, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, they, they are a mystery. Uh, Jalen Wilson's found his groove lately. He's playing a little bit better. You know, Texas Tech is kind of an undersized team, so when KU does go small, I don't think he has as much of an, of an advantage as he might have against some other teams. Um, and, and at 7,600, I just feel like that's maybe a little bit pricey against a good Texas Tech team. Again, last time they played, they didn't even score 120 total points in the game. So at 7,600, he feels a little overpriced to me. Big Dave McCormick at 6,700, still leading the team in shot share. Uh, he's an absolute black hole when they get the ball down low. Tech is undersized. He should have the ability to rebound. The guy misses more point-blank shots than maybe anybody in the country, but he's had spike games. He's you know He's had some good some good 30 plus DK efforts. So I think the ceiling is there, but, but certainly volatile, kind of another tournament option. And then uh, Garrett and Agbaji are priced down a little bit, especially Agbaji is down to like 5,900. Uh, so I feel like he's a solid kind of 4X, maybe high floor type of play. Christian Brown remains that boomer bust type of option. Uh, Tech has struggled a little bit defending the three. Um, so that could open up some things for Christian Brown. Um, and then Joe, you always talk about, we only kind of only have five starters for, for KU and that's, that's kind mm-hmm. of the only guys um, Bryce Thompson is back and he's getting more minutes. Uh, he'd be like a complete Hail Mary at 3,700, but he's a yep. five-star talent. Um, he's back from injuries. He's playing around 20 minutes a game. Uh, if you're, if you're kind of hoping to get lucky on a Jayhawk at home. At 3,700, I mean, those are the guys you're going to need today to get some in, in some of these higher price guys. If you're, if that's the route you're going to go, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, but there are, I mean, so there are other, and, and we, 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 we didn't really hit them on in the Michigan state game, but um, even, you know, if, if, if lawyer is out, which I think he is out, you know, AJ Hoggard is 3,400 rocket Watts is at 3,300, which I still don't think you can play him, but like you said, <laughs> there are, yeah, I, I would actually target, I didn't mention him, but Gabe Brown is 3,700 in that game. He's yeah. a 45% three point shooter. Uh, Indiana's last in the league in defensive three point percentage. So that's a guy that, uh, you can take a chance with that might be able to get hot. Yeah. Sure. So, so you know, not to bounce around on games there, but Gosh, we've already mentioned quite a few guys that are tournament options only, kind of, you know, deeper cuts. But, but I think that's why people are going to probably pay up for some stars or from some studs on the slate because there are some options down in the in kind of the cheaper range. Let's get let's get moving on to some studs then. Let's do that, Joe. Let's let's move on to UConn and Ed Nova. That's a good one. 
Yeah, well, it is. It's well, a good basketball game. We're we're uh, we're getting into the treadwater section here. So these these four games are going to be games that we want a piece of. Uh, maybe maybe not uh, stacking four or five guys from these games, but these are going to be good basketball games that are competitive, uh, got decent point totals. And UConn Nova, I think, is a a really good example of that. Nova's a seven and a half point favorite. The over here is one thirty eight. Um, Nova just got beat down by Creighton pretty bad, and UConn uh, had a nice win uh, with getting the getting Book Knight back, which was nice to see. And I guess uh, James, you mentioned it before we got on the pod, but Book night at 6,400. Yes, please. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think so. Yeah. It's just weird. Uh, DK's uh, pricing algorithm seems to have taken just his last two games, his most recent two games into play. They've got him at 6,400. This is a guy who's already had a 40 real point game uh, mm-hmm. this year. Uh, just an elite athlete, NBA player, elite prospect, and he is back. He played 25 minutes and has returned, showed no signs of any lingering effects of the injury. So I think he's fully in play at 6,400, even though the total isn't the best here in Villanova is, uh, is, you know, no slouch and knows how to, knows how to game plan against a good player. After that, on the UConn side of things, uh, RJ Cole, I, I really like him as a player, but 8,000 is comical. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that Tyrese Martin is in good form right now. He's probably safe in cash. Uh, Whaley hasn't broken out in a while on the UConn side of things. Those are the guys who are kind of over that 6K range. Really, you're just targeting book night and not much else on the UConn side of things. Villanova, they're actually priced up a little bit. Earl's back up to 8,600. He's been in good form, but this is a lot of money for kind of a a rock'em, sock'em, robots type uh, knockout game. So I'm probably looking, if I'm investing 8,600, I'm probably looking other places. Uh, Same goes for Gillespie at 7,600 for uh, a a good player. uh, He's going to need to have 30, which is very capable of. But you don't have that 40, 50 DK upside with him. Uh, Jermaine Samuels is a little overpriced, but I don't mind Justin Moore at 6,500. He's a shooter who can get hot, and I think he can be a pretty good return on investment. Bert, I know you've watched a lot of Villanova. Uh, Anybody stand out for there, or would you think about dipping down into the Caleb Daniels or or Slaters of the Worlds? No, I probably wouldn't. I, I had Justin Moore labeled as well, you know, playing 35 minutes a night. Yeah. 23% shot share in conference play. He, you know, he doesn't really smash a lot of slates, but he does have a really nice high floor. And then, like you said, Book Knight obviously at 6,400 is is a great price. Um, but like, well, like we talked about a little bit, really really fun game, like exciting kind of real life game. UConn plays 319th in tempo. Nova's 331st in tempo. Over yeah. under 138. So while it's a, it's a really fun real life game it's it's it, with with the pricing it's probably not the greatest dfs game other than the the book night piece yeah, yeah one, i think it's sorry one stat to note there villanova giving up almost 41% from 3 in conference um so they they can get exposed there if you're on the fence with somebody on yukon that's a pretty good shooter you know maybe you take a look yeah, and that again kind of check marks that book night as well. It's a good thing for R.J. Cole, but again at 7,800, you just you yeah. just can't do it as much as you like, we like him as a player. But I think that's enough on that one. Let's get to another game uh, that really kind of confused me a little bit, James. And I was happy when we were talking uh, pre-show uh, that you had some 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 nice thoughts out of this one. But that's NC State and Wake Forest. This one is NC State minus one, so a tight line, but the over/under at 141 here. Yeah, well, one player that really jumps out uh, for me here is Jericho Helms. And the reason why is uh, he's dropped, plummeted, actually, in price. He's down $1,700, uh, sitting at $5,600. Uh, he's been having some foul trouble issues, I think, which has kind of kept his minutes and productivity down in, in recent games. Uh, however, the thing to note here is that he's sort of taken over for Devin Daniels, who went out with a season-ending injury uh, a few weeks ago. And Daniels, uh, the first time these teams played this season, had a monster game. He had 20 points, uh, six boards, five assists. So I, I really like Helms, especially at the price point, 5,600. He's going to come in and get that kind of usage, that kind of shot share against a team that you know can get exposed in that position. Um, so he's somebody that might be sneaky, might be kind of even low-owned a little bit, uh, that mm-hmm. you can take a look at there and get some good value out of. Beyond that, uh, Ian DeBose, who didn't play in that first game, um, but he's really been the the standout for Wake Forest this year, and uh, he's at 7,200. 
which is pretty high if, if you're not familiar with him. But again, might be somebody that people overlook, not really paying attention to, don't know who he is. Uh, but that's somebody you could target. Um, he's a guy that can go out and put up some big numbers. Uh, Davion Williamson is uh, probably worth noting. He had 22 real points last time these teams met. Um, so I think he's somebody that you could look at, certainly in a cash lineup. I think uh, it's a fairly consistent player. The, the only other two, Thunderbird and Bates, are kind of the two highest price players for NC State. And I, I've played them quite a bit. And uh, they play a lot of minutes. Both of them are playing a lot of minutes, uh, even with each other now. So, um, But they really struggled the first time these teams played. So I think you can play them. They're in decent form. But I think you have to kind of keep that in mind. And the only other thing I would say is uh, – Hayes is a freshman, $4,600 for NC State. He had a a 30 DK game against Pitt this last game. So he's somebody that's that's starting to emerge. Uh, It's a little bit more of a scorer now. And uh, Shaquille Moore is another one, the other freshman on that team, too, at $4,200. I think those two guys are are probably, you know, kind of GPP plays at this point. Um, But, but, you know, we'll be lower price, lower owned. That's that's what I was going to ask is really who's stepping it up in the backcourt for NC State. Mm -hmm. But uh, since you kind of answered that for us, Wake Forest, we haven't seen them on a lot of slates this year. What is this, their second or third? For an ACC team, yeah. that seems real light for them. Yeah, it is. And they've had a lot of, you know, similar maybe to Michigan State we were talking about earlier. They've had a lot of kind of shakeup in the lineup. Um, as we talked about, DeBose kind of emerged here. And uh, some of the other guys like Masood, who, uh, you know, had a, a much bigger role earlier on in the season, had even had some huge games, um, barely plays now. 3,600. Um, so, yeah, 3,600, you know, but he's just, he's not even playing right. <laughs> almost right. at all. I'm not, so. We're not saying playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're, they're a little bit of a mystery, I think. If you're not, you know, a hardcore fan, you know, you're probably not paying too much of attention. But I, I don't really see, uh, you know, anything sneaky there that uh, is going to surprise anybody. But definitely take a look at the Bose, Williamson. They're two best players. You go beyond that, it's, it's you know, more of a gamble. Awesome. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to break order here a little bit because I want to talk about this West Virginia, Texas game. Now, our over unders kicking up. It's at 148 in this one. But but Bird, uh, this is probably the best real game on the slate. One could argue as far as DFS aside, you know, this is two ranked teams jockeying for some important position in that Big 12. Yeah, a good, good real life game. And, and really, you know, West Virginia's played in a couple track meets this year. You know, I think they're true. Not afraid. To, in the last time they played, so you know Texas won 72 to 70 in Morgantown. If you guys remember, that's when Andrew Jones hit that three from the corner at the buzzer uh, to win it. So you know, very fun game, really tight game. Uh, expected to be another really close, competitive game again tomorrow in Austin. Um, you know, both teams play at kind of an above-average pace, and like we said, they they do you know tend to get up and down, and, and sometimes they can get in some shootouts. So I think that's good. Uh, Texas does try to limit the three. Um, so that hurts Taz Sherman and, and McNeil just a little bit. Uh, McNeil's had double-digit shot attempts in four of his last five. Both of those guys are priced at like 5K or maybe just a little bit under. Um, so I think their their pricing is fair for tournaments, um, but they are very scoring dependent. And again, Texas does run people off the line from three, um, so that that hurts their upside maybe a little bit. Uh, Miles McBride really has been kind of the story of, of of West Virginia and really the Big 12. He, I mean, good God, guys, he looks. Yeah. He looks phenomenal. Incredible. What a leap as a sophomore this year. Yeah. Um, He's only a sophomore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that scary? Wow. Yeah. So he, I mean, he, he's looked really good. He did. Matthew Coleman did hold him to 20 DK points in Morgantown. Uh, and that price is up, you know, 8,700 is, is a lot to pay on the road. I, I think the good news is you'll get probably low ownership on him at 8,700. We've seen his, you know, his usage is out of control right now. Um, he's a guy who can break a slate. It is a tough matchup. Definitely a tournament option only, and he did struggle against Texas the first time. Uh, Derek Culver, 8,400. He had 40 DK in the first matchup against Texas. Uh, you know, we know Texas is kind of long, athletic, down low, uh, but Culver is just such a strong, you know, he he just has that that strength matchup uh, where he can still take advantage of that. You you look at Culver's minutes, I mean, they're all over the place. Uh, and so he's definitely just a tournament target as well. Um, but at least he should have some confidence knowing that he had a, a really nice game the first time that they played. And then really, you know, Huggins has kind of shortened the bench a little bit. Jalen Bridges and Emmett Matthews Jr. are playing a little bit more. Uh, they're 4,500 and 4, uh, And Matthews, you look at his, you know, he's playing 30 minutes a game lately. He's 6'7". You'd think yeah. that length would actually, you know, would work pretty well against Texas' his front line. He hasn't done anything lately. No. But cheap guy who's going to be on the court for 30 minutes, at least you could look at him, right, Joe? 
you can look at him. You know, you know, I'm going to look at him. I love Evan Matthews, uh, the player, uh, lanky defender, defensive minded, does whatever the coach asks for, but just does, no return on investment there. It seems like. No. Yeah. So, so again, it seems like there's just a lot of those kind of punt options or those, those kind of tournament options out there and some of them are going to hit. And if, if you hit you with your, if you can hit on those and then hit with some of your priced up guys, you know, it can be a really good, really good day. Um, Texas side, you know, so all three guards scored double digits the, the first time they played West Virginia. Uh, Andrew Jones, we talked about hit the game winner uh, in that first matchup and he's really turned into the alpha uh, on this Texas team offensively. Uh, I think he's fair. You know, he's priced up just a little bit, but, but I, I think he's okay. Uh, Matthew, Matthew Coleman is kind of the standard, you know, he's a high floor, low ceiling play at 6,500. Uh, Ramey has a little bit more risk. He's 10 of 37 from the field over his last three games. Uh, but I think this could be a good bounce back spot for him. And he's priced down to 6,100. Uh, Greg Brown had 12 points, 14 rebounds in their first matchup. Part of that was because Jericho Sims was in foul trouble. So I think he got a little bit more playing time. So he, he remains kind of a boomer bust option at that 6,600 price point. And then, you know, Jericho Sims, he's actually been pretty darn good this year. He's hit 5X at this at this $5,200 price point in four of his last six games. That uh, They need his length down low against Culver. I, I don't hate Jericho Sims at 5,200, guys. What's what's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a new year. You're turning over a new, new leaf in 2021. I know. I'm proud of myself. You can't hold grudges forever, I guess. <laughs> no. But I overall, like it. You know, good game. A lot of good tournament options there. Like you said, uh, over under of 148. There's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some action here. So, so give me, give me the West Virginia guy, not named McBride or Culver, that you would take if you had to take one. Oh, geez. For me, it's Matthews, but it's it's completely just a, uh, you know, right. Just, it's, uh, it's, I, it, I watch too much West Virginia basketball, and I think he could be a good player. <laughs> but his length and athleticism is not going to be impacted in this game at all. If anything, this game will play yeah. to his strengths. Yeah. So, so he reminds me of Deshaun Schwartz from Colorado, uh, who's mm-hmm. a guy who's kind of priced around these, you know, this, this $4,000 range. And, you know, once every blue moon, he goes out like he did, you know, Schwartz. Did earlier, 30. You know, goes, yep. Yeah. He goes and has a really nice game. He's yep. not, you know, McNeil and Sherman just shoot so much on the outside. Uh, that kind of takes away a little bit of his of his usage or his opportunity. And I think we're going to talk about some other other guys, you know, specifically for for Minnesota. There's a player in this range that that I would probably play over them. I think Missouri has a player in the low 5K range that we're going to gravitate to. We talked about Book Knight at 6,400. Like yeah. I, I'm not sure you're, you're even going to need to to really punt that much because I think there's so much value on the slate. So and I don't want to go especially into too much. Mid-tier. Let's get into that Illinois game if if you're good. Yeah, let's do it. James, James, tell us about your fighting Illini and their $9,000 <laughs> two-headed monster and Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn. The duo, yeah, that's crazy. That's an, uh, insane, really. But uh, Io, if you've been following college basketball lately, he's been incredible. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't, I'm not sure why you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you stumbled onto us. And, uh, no, he's he's been amazing the last three games. Um, maybe, you know, from a DFS standpoint, he had a triple double, and uh, but also just you know his normal sort of clutch into game routine, which has really been remarkable uh, to watch through his career. But uh, 9,200 for him. I did. He, I did real quick. I did real quick see a tweet this week that said Io's shooting percentage in the last three minutes of games is 67% from the field. That's yeah. insane for a guard. Yeah, he he pulled up from about 30 feet to hit a clutch three at the end of the last game. I mean, he's in a weird place right now. So uh, it's, it's almost hard to bet against him. But, you know, from a DFS standpoint, you know, he only uh, he had a pretty quiet game against Northwestern, 23 DK, and not a great game against Minnesota last time. And they're playing at the barn right now where Minnesota's only lost one game. Now they've lost all the road games. <laughs> so they're still trying to scratch their way into the tournament. But it, uh, they're tough at home. They're tough at home. They beat Michigan, beat Michigan bad at home this year. So um, not going to be an easy game uh, for the Illini for sure. But, uh, you know, I think Io 9,200. Yeah, I might look elsewhere. I mean, it's hard to bet against them. He, he can't come out and smash. They're going to need him to play well. Um, so, but, James, you, you're talking about looking elsewhere. You're not looking too far, though. You're looking at Kofi, right? I mean, we well, talked about uh, his double-double in league play streak. Yeah, and I, I was just going to get to that point. Um, you know, you could pivot down $200. You're not going to save a lot. But uh, Kofi, 
was really good last time. He had 33 and 13 uh, against Minnesota. He's been really good lately. Uh, you can go back and look at his game logs here. There's 46, 43 DK games in the last three. Uh, the other thing to note here, uh, Liam Robbins, who's the center for Minnesota, uh, has been really good and had some really nice games this year. And somebody to keep an eye on. He's been dealing with a bad ankle. Uh, so he, he, could, he might not play. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. If he doesn't play, uh, my goodness, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even you know what he, Kofi's. You think he's ducking Kofi? Do you think this is like a fake? Like, <laughs> oh, my ankle. Oh, <laughs> It would be a good idea. It would be a good Dan- idea. Daniel but, Oturu ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, even if he's hobbled, even if he's healthy, I'll, I'll just say it, guys. It, Kofi is in a really nice spot. And I think even at that super high price, 9000 uh, somebody that you really have to look at. So we kind of drop down uh, the list here, and I'm not going to touch on too many players. Illinois is kind of all over the map as well. But Adam Miller uh, has been playing a lot of minutes lately. He's been over averaging over 30 minutes uh, the last uh, four games that he's played. And in the last two games, he's had some some really nice output. He's only 4,500, so I think it's somebody that you can really look at as well. Um, but beyond that, uh, everybody else on Illinois, Trent Frazier has been pretty good lately. Uh, but beyond that, it's um, you know it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, Curbelo's somebody that kind of going through the freshman doldrums right now. You're kind of waiting for him to snap out. Maybe this is the game he does it. But at 3,900, you know GPP, I might take a chance on him. Hey uh, James, so we, Cur- yes sir. You know Curbelo had nine points, six boards, nine assists in, in the first matchup against Minnesota. Uh, it was a blowout, so he probably got some more minutes. You know yeah. just just because of that. Uh, but he did fare well against Minnesota the first time. But like you said, the, you know, playing in the barn's a lot different than yeah. playing in the house of pain. Uh oh. Yeah, that's and again, he's he's not in great form right now. He's been making some mistakes and uh, he's kind of on a short leash, so he'll get a turnover or two and he's out of the game. So uh, I think he needs to put some some solid minutes together to kind of regain some trust. And but he, he's a fantastic player. He'll be good. It's just a matter of time with him, I think. Uh, um, so uh, on the flip side, yeah. are we smashing Marcus Carr? I like Marcus Carr. He's uh, averaging almost 40 DK at home. And I don't know what the Jacqueline Hyde thing is there at home on the road. I don't know what, what happens at the barn. 26 on the road. Yep, it's nuts. So hard to bet against that, right? I mean, you know, even at 8,200, uh, that's definitely somebody I'm going to be looking at. Uh, Robbins, we had mentioned, I'm probably not crazy about him, maybe anyway. But uh, e- Enan is, is the guy that um, seems to be getting a lot of uh, his Playing time if he's if he's not able to go or he's in foul trouble, and we're going to touch on a couple guys here that uh, I want to highlight that Bird I think it kind of alluded to earlier. Kalsher's out uh, it looks like, but uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. at 4300 has been playing a ton of minutes lately. Uh, they like him. He's very talented. He's a little bit of a shorty. 35 minutes last game at 23 DK. Uh, he's priced at 4300 right now. So uh, it's obviously somebody freshman this year. He's starting to emerge a little bit. Um, and then the other guy is Trey Williams at 3,800. Uh, had 25 and 34 minutes his last couple games. Um, so another really cheap option that you know might end up getting a lot of tick here in a you know a fairly uh, high point total game. Yep, Jamal Mashburn Jr., who is yes Jamal Mashburn's kid. And I have uh, you know 4,300 Jamal Smashburn. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my! Oh god! Now it sounds like a Mario Kart game or something. <laughs> Yeah, but I think he's he's you know when we talked about some some punt plays and things like that, he's going to have a lot more minutes. He he I mean he he'll shoot the ball immediately when he gets you know near the near the court. I don't even think he needs to be on the court to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, Trey Williams, uh, just looking him up real quick. Thirty-four minutes last game, six three-point attempts, only hit one, but twelve shots in general. That's that's not shabby. Yeah, and Mashburn's taken twenty-seven shots in his last two games. They I love it. And Gotch has disappeared, right? I, I don't know what gotcha. happened with him. Gotcha. Yeah, he he was starting playing a ton at the beginning of the season, and now he's just a nobody. So not sure. Hey Joe, why don't we dive into some of these some of these heaters we have? I think you know. So the next one we have on the list in, in the dive in section uh, is all the way up to a 151.5 over under with Missouri visiting South Carolina, and we love to play against South Carolina because they play as fast as possible. We do. We do. Um, yeah, these teams met earlier in the year in Columbia. Missouri took it down. I thought it was going to kind of be a scare where Missouri, the Missouri Tigers were going to show themselves as pretenders because I think they were just starting to get some notoriety at that point. But they ended up beating the shit out of South, beating the poop out of South Carolina. <laughs> Joe, stuff. David, I know. 
How come we've had family two curse show. words in three years on, on podcast? Two curse words in three years on this podcast, and I've got them both. But Missouri ended up beating the poop out of South Carolina. And uh, this time they're going to Columbia, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, not Columbia, Missouri. And uh, Mizzou is a three-point favorite in this one. Again, like Bird said, the total here is already over 150 because South Carolina plays fast and furious which is James's favorite movie series. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> For Mizzou, you got Drew Smith. He's in excellent form right now. He's got 30 DK and four out of five, um, but he's, he's really priced up at 7,700. Uh, he does play well in these pacey games, maybe a contrarian cash play with some upside there, but I, I I would probably look elsewhere uh, on the Mizzou side. Specifically, Jeremiah Tillman is supposed to play this game. He's missed the last couple. Um, He's their main big. He had 47 DraftKings points at home in the first meeting. He's $5,300. So I know he's a little hatchy, but his senior year, he has definitely channeled all that talent that he's carried since he was a freshman and has started to show his uh, show what he can be in the senior year. So Jeremiah Tillman at 5,300, I think is very live. Um, before I move on to South Carolina and their injury issues, Bird, uh, anything on the Mizzou side that stood out to you? Are you going to do Pinson and prize picks tomorrow? No, I can't do it anymore no. since he missed last no. time. I'm done. I, I, I'm going to quit him. Yeah. Only 5DK uh, last time versus South Carolina also. Yeah. So, so Joe, you know, one, so Tillman was one of the, the low 5K guys I was referring to earlier. He, yeah. he wasn't out because he was hurt. You know, he had a family, you know, I think they had a death in the family. So there, there's, you know, it's not, it's not an injury issue here. It's just, he had to be away for family issues at 5,300. Like you said, he, he does have foul risk, but my Lord, he could get 40 DK tomorrow at, at, at 5,300. Yeah. yeah. 47 um, in the first meeting. Yeah, exactly. And, and so then, you know, Mark Smith under 5k, I, you know, I still am attracted to that as well. A guy who can shoot a guy who's got steel upside, a, a good rebounding guard, um, I think under 5K, I think he's a nice value option as well in that pace-up uh, environment. Yeah, especially if he can get hot from deep. Um, but he's someone who's going to play all the minutes, and he's going to be involved and grab a couple rebounds here and there. The upside's always there. He just doesn't smash as frequently as you want. I compare him a lot to Mitch Ballack from Creighton. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're very yep. similar players, but Ballack just seems to smash a little more frequently than Mark Smith, which is probably why uh, Smith is at that 4,800 and Ballack sometimes is closer to six. Uh, yep. Now, speaking of Smiths, we talked about Drew. Mitchell Smith benefited from the absence of uh, Tillman. I don't see uh, him being worth 5,100 on that front. Um, but really outside of that, I want to switch to the South Carolina side of this. And when you're talking about South Carolina, they just played Tennessee and Justin Manaya and Jermaine Cousinard, two of their primary starters didn't make that trip. So when you're looking at box scores, it might look a little bit different. Uh, it might look a little bit awkward. AJ Lawson is their, their lead dog right now. He's 8,100. He's probably finding cash with upside. Uh, Keyshawn Bryan at 6,800. Bird, you and I love his athleticism and the way he plays the game. Mania typically is that steady Eddie four presence. He, he's a shooter who has a little bit of rebounding upside, but he was out with a head injury, and it doesn't look like DraftKings expects him. It, it looks like they expect him to play because his price hasn't dropped that much. He's at 5,700. The one that stands out here, though, is Cousinard. Now, uh, Jermaine Cousinard is kind of that point-forward guy, very similar profile player to A.J. Lawson, high usage rates, high shot rates. Um, he missed the last game, the Tennessee game, with a foot, but he hasn't been ruled out for this one either, and his price is all the way down to 4100 And if Cousinard's 4100 that's that's and is is going to play with very limited restrictions, I, I don't know how you can avoid that. Yeah, I think they came out and said he's not expected to play. I, I completely agree with everything you said. If he does, you know, 4100 it's a complete smash burger. But, yeah, I, I think they said he's he's – He's doubtful. I think they're leaning doubtful for that. So keep an eye on that. Uh, you know, check Twitter and, and things like that for his status. You know, does Seventh Woods play a little bit more and disappoint us like he always does if, if, if Kuznar's out for the seventh time? Oh, hey. Oh. <laughs> No, I, yeah, the Cousinard note I saw this morning was a little more optimistic, but I appreciate that follow-up there for sure. 
Uh, Wilton Levesque is uh, the, the the center for them. He's been okay, but with Manaya returning, really, it's for me, it's Keyshawn Bryant on the South Carolina side. But your value is really we circled on the Mizzou side of this one, and that's Tillman at 5,300, uh, in my opinion. So that's all I got on this one, though. Yeah, I think that's really good. Hey, James, why don't we go over to that Notre Dame-Syracuse game and and give us some of your favorite plays, and then maybe also talk about your favorite Fast and Furious characters. You know, I know you're a diehard. <laughs> I don't kind even of know one. I don't even know one. Was the Rock? The Rock was in it, right? Yeah, John Cena was in the last one. Well, right. see, so you know more than I do. I, I've never seen all nine. <laughs> never seen nine <laughs> minutes of, of one. <laughs> I, so I've got a very extensive note list here for Notre Dame Syracuse. So let's jump in it. Uh, first note: play everyone, and that's it. <laughs> that's just strong. play them all. So is this based on the fact that neither of these teams like to go into their bench, and both are have offensive talent, <laughs> and and not great defensively? Syracuse maybe a little more so, depending on how you want to look at it. But yeah, a very very shallow. Benches, obviously, both teams uh, only really have about six core players that, that really get all the minutes. And, you know, they got some really good offensive players. They got players that can get out and rebound and and do things. So if there was anybody maybe that I would sort of highlight as, you know, a good matchup, I think Durham, you know, maybe is a little a little higher price than maybe I like him at 6,800. Um, but he's, you know, their best rebounder. Uh, he can block shots. And a uh, best offensive rebounder, really good offensive rebounder, actually. And uh, as, as you know, against the, the Syracuse zone, you know, that typically is an area that other teams can exploit. So um, he's somebody I, I might look at as, you know, may not be the, the jump out player that a lot of people are going out and grabbing. But, you know, I could see him have a pretty good game. I like it. My, my bullet on Syracuse is play anyone you want. So, <laughs> James, I'm glad to see that we're on the same page there. Prentice Hub, you know, for, for Notre Dame. So last year they played Syracuse twice. He took 21 threes in those two games. He also had 14 assists in those two games. And his price is down to 7,300 uh, mm-hmm. as kind of a primary usage guy for Notre Dame. So I don't hate him. And, and then Trey Wirtz at 4,100 has gone 5X, 4X in his last two. Uh, he's a 39% three-point shooter. He's playing in like the mid-20 minutes lately. Uh, so that profiles well against the Syracuse team too. Uh, maybe, a, you know, the cheaper version of a Cormac Ryan that you could get in, in that type of game. Yeah, sure. Ryan and Ryan and Leshevsky, you know, the three-point shooters on the team, you know, so that there's always a chance they could get hot. I, I don't like the price of Ryan right now. 6200 he, he's had some huge games. Uh, but it just feels like, a, you know, it's a pretty expensive gamble to take on somebody that may not do anything at all. So yeah. um, just be aware of that. Buddy Bayheim, right. 5,700, Joe. I mean, this is a yeah. guy who's who's had, you know, he's going to shoot. The dad lets him shoot every time he wants. Like, yeah. Notre Dame's not going to lock him down defensively. We can no. we can agree on that. Yeah. I mean, if you can get up and, and, and get Griffin, you know, Griffin's steal upside this year has been incredible. Uh, Gary has been a phenomenal rebounder. If you can go get those yeah. guys, awesome. Go for it. Um, if you're if you're running low on price and 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 Beheim fits, I, getting exposure to this game is, seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah, and I don't even mind like a Dolajai at yeah. 5900. Yeah, I think he, he's he's not maybe um, you know explosive score or anything, but he can fill up the stat line. Uh, solid. He's not going to kill you. And in a game like this, you know, you never know. I like it. Hey Joe, why don't you uh, why don't you finish us off tonight with uh, Georgia at Florida, and and I'll get you started here with can we get Katie Johnson like 30 plus minutes <laughs> that would be nice wouldn't it oh my god um but here's here's the thing about Katie Johnson and and, and get your pens out and write this down he doesn't need 30 minutes he's still going to get you 25 dk and hit 4x value if he doesn't get it if he gets an extended run then you're partying because he's going to put up 40 dk or 37 dk like he did in 29 minutes against Alabama uh, Katie Johnson is someone who, like Sharif Cooper, uh, got his eligibility restored late um, and has just been amazing. The only thing holding Katie Johnson back is he plays the same position as Shavir Wheeler. And Shavir Wheeler's great, but for some reason, Crean can't figure out how to put two point guards on the court at the same time. So minutes are holding Katie Johnson back. But this is a guy who is just a stud. And at 6,300, uh, even if he only plays 20 minutes, I still think he's safe for four X value. And uh, if he gets any extended run in this pacey matchup with Florida, 
I, I, I like Katie Johnson for sure. So that's my Katie Johnson take. Next. <laughs> I liked it. That was really fun. So let's let's keep on Florida here, or let's keep on Georgia. Uh, Florida's 300th in defensive rebounding. Georgia is a pretty good uh, offensive rebounding team. Do you think Kamara is is worth a shot, even at kind of a higher price? Uh, so so this one is hard, and I'll be honest because uh, Kamara is one of those guys like a UNC big. You got to pick him on the right night. You know, he's an up and down player. He he disappears at times during games. And if he's not engaged, he can really disappoint you, especially at that 7,000. Uh, his bad games aren't 25. His bad games are in the teens. So uh, while it makes sense, I, I would really probably stay away from him. You know, if you look at Shavir Wheeler for $500 less, someone who's going to be on the floor and has just as much explosive ability, albeit in a different way, uh, that might be a direction I choose instead of going Kamara. Um, but this is not saying that he can't explode and blow up the slate because he has that kind of talent. It's just which Kamara are you getting? I'm not going to gamble at that price point, given a 10 game slate with so many other options around there. Yeah. I was going to ask a question here, a real serious question. Uh, PJ Horn, the Virginia Tech transfer, uh, came into mm-hmm. Georgia. He's priced at 3,900. How does he play so many minutes and do so little? Like, what's he do? <laughs> what's he do on the court? Does he just stand around? I, I think he just like you know wipes up the sweat after people fall <laughs> on the floor with the. Uh, I think they count that with the with the little push brooms. No, uh, PJ Horn is someone that you know we liked coming over from Virginia Tech, yeah, and we thought he'd be did. a nice little piece. For sure. And a, a stabling kind of veteran presence on a really young Tom Crean Georgia team, but he just kind of faded into being just a guy who who runs his cuts in the offense and you know takes his shots when they're there, but nothing above and beyond. It's almost like the senior year of high school where you know you know you're going to graduate and you're just kind of checked out and looking to get mm-hmm. done. He just hasn't seemed like he's been invested, um, but. I, it's a Tom Crean coach team. Would be would this be the first time that's ever happened? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go. I mean, this is look, look who's got the clipboard in his hand. You go stand in the corner and don't move for 25 seconds, and then go play defense. Right. Now I will tell you, flipping this to the Florida side of thing, Castleton is at 7,700, but he should absolutely eat in this matchup, especially if Camara goes into quitter mode. That's a lot of money to play and not someone you would typically click in your mind as, ooh, I think this guy's going to be a good GPP play at a high price point. But I think the everything's kind of aligning for him at home in this game. Trey Mann should be fine, 7000 Definitely a good cash play here uh, for Florida. Appleby and Locke, I, I'm not in love with their price points. They're good players. They're probably safe in cash. Locke's pretty scoring dependent. And Appleby's been fantastic, but... I think part of my apprehension there is because it's been at the expense of Scotty Lewis, who, Bird, that's our guy. You know, that's the NBA player of the group. (laughs) Uh, But Scotty Lewis, he's down there at 4,800. He's got guard forward eligibility. Still not quite getting the full minute allotment. If I I knew more on that, I I would definitely say fire him up. But if he's not going to get over 20 minutes, it's hard to play at around 5,000. And then the last Gator I'll mention is our boy, uh, Daruji. Played 27 minutes last game. You, James, you talked about the – or one of you guys talked about the offensive rebounding issues. That's very real. I think that's part of the reason why his minutes ticked back up last time out. And a bouncy, aggressive, rebounding, three-point shooting, fast uh, forward like Daruji in a game atmosphere like what Georgia normally brings, which can be sloppy uh, and, and up-tempo. Uh, I really like Drew G at 3,600. Yeah, Trey Mann had 40 DK against Georgia on the road uh, earlier this year. I like that one. And really, even Appleby, like, nobody is going to press the button at 6,300. But he's he's a good stabilizing force for that team that they kind of need. uh, You know, so there's an example. You know, Florida's smart enough to put two two kind of semi-point guards on the floor at the same time. I'm not sure why Crean can't do that. (laughs) Right. Well, success stinks. But this game should be up and down. Obviously, I love it when the highest over-under on the slate is also one of the last tips of the slate. So you can grab a couple pieces from here and and try to run it down. I would recommend pieces from the Florida side. If you're on the Georgia side, Katie Johnson for sure. Justin Kyer's a good play. He's 4,900. He gets plenty of minutes. Uh, But this is a nice 
game to kind of end our slate and give yourself a couple of bullets to to make a run at someone or, or run down the leaders. Yeah, if you're in first place at you know before the last game's tip and you don't have any PMR left, you're not you're not going to be in first place in a couple hours. <laughs> no, no, that that's for that's for sure. You look at those two o'clock games. It's West Virginia, Texas. There's going to be a lot of exposure there. Illinois, Minnesota, tons of exposure there. That one's at two thirty, and then this one at two thirty as well. So this is this is a tournament that's not going to be decided until about four thirty. Yeah, yeah. Crack a beer at halftime. Is that mean? Is that too early to have a beer at like three thirty or so Central Time on a Saturday? Crack it at the tip at the eleven o'clock game. <laughs> not if it's a delicious, I don't know how, mighty I don't know by Dogfish Head. I don't, I don't know how else you're going to get through Michigan State, Indiana at 11 a.m. without a beer. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and, and thank you again to our spot, sponsor, Dogfish. Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> grab one today. Delicious. Oh, we're off the rails. I love it. Hey, James, give me. Well, is Illinois yes, going to win? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really feel great about that game. They, they've struggled, uh, you know, against Northwestern, Nebraska, the kind of the bottom feeders and. So they're they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to bring it. They're not gonna they can't play like they have been and, and win that game for sure. I'm gonna go Could hot be. take and I'm gonna say you know so everybody's poo pooing on on Illinois lately. Oh they barely beat Nebraska. Oh they they you know they they can't just pick and choose when they want to do well. I think they beat the shit out of Minnesota tomorrow. Whoa whoa that's two in the same we're, pot. We're gonna lose our sponsorship, guys. Oh God. man. Thanks, Dogfish Head. It was fun while it lasted. (laughs) James, why don't you take us home, buddy? All right, will do. Uh, You know what, guys? I'm going to keep it simple. Come out to at CBB underscore DFS. That's our Twitter uh, account. And you can pretty much get to everything else. We have a whole universe of CBB DFS content for you to traverse. Also, come to our website, cbb-dfs.com. We've got prize pick stuff. We've got pods like the one you're listening to we've got youtube stuff where joe puts his handsome mug on youtube for everybody to look at we've got it all guys we've got it all uh, if you feel like donating it goes back into the site we make everything better greater come back next year we'll have even more stuff uh, make sure you subscribe make sure you rate our pods we love you guys thank you for sitting through it we'll see you next time good luck bucket heads win all the money 